This season on the Set Yourself Free podcast, you are going to hear from nine incredible women, nine business owners that own six-figure and multiple six-figure businesses who are bringing you behind the curtain because I know one thing that we are craving more of in the online space is a look into what it actually is behind the scenes, what goes into having a profitable online business. We're sick of the shiny objects and the fancy feeds. And so I am bringing you deep into these conversations with these women. So stay tuned. I know that you are going to love this season. So I am Dr. Naima. I help service-based female entrepreneurs, you know, really fall in love with high ticket sales uh, so that they can quickly scale their business without the hustle and grind. I'm also the host of the Determined Fempreneur podcast and a mother of four and a wife of one. <laughs> so that's me in a nutshell. Once we get there, once we realize that we're dealing with imposter syndrome, once we realize that imposter syndrome is preventing us from fully servicing our clients, we begin to do the work. And for me, the work looked like me figuring out, well, where did this show up before? As I said, entrepreneurship is a self-development journey that nobody tells us about, right? Yeah. <laughs> and when you start to realize, ooh, I have some opportunities for, you know, for improvement in how I see myself and how I, you know, do things. And I started to look back. Imposter syndrome showed up for me in my earliest memory when I was 17 years old. When I was 17 years old, I became pregnant. Mm. And I had the weight of the world and everybody's opinion in my ear. So I quickly went to college. I was eight months pregnant. I went to, I started college. I had my daughter on October 9th, 2002. I went back to school October 12th, 2002 to take a midterm. I never stopped because I had to prove to other people that I wasn't a statistic. That's when it first showed up for me. And I spent my whole adult life chasing accolades. I mean, I was the edu you know, educator of the year. I mean, every accolade you can think about, I've done it for my profession. All in the name of other people telling me how good I was. So in order for me to get to the root of where did this imposter syndrome come, came from? I had to do a lot of journaling and people, we don't, we don't take that time for ourselves to sit down and really get to the root of why we're making certain decisions, why imposter syndrome is showing up. So of course, as women, we deal with societal expectations as well of who we should be. Yep. So there's so many things, but the root of it came from that time in my life. Before that, I didn't care. Mm. Honestly, I was a high-performing teenager. You know, By the time I was 15, I was in a nursing program. I was a very high-performing teenager, but it wasn't because I cared about other people or, or I was trying to mask who I was or by having accolades. That was never me until I was 17. So when you were able to pinpoint that and kind of go back to that, Talk to us about how 
that was able to be looked at and healed and shifted and kind of some of the work you did around that? Yeah. So I think what I chose to do was once I pinpointed it, I started to actually show some thanks toward the imposter syndrome at that point in my life. It Mm. sounds weird. Just bear with me. There was a reason why at that point in my life, I felt like I needed to chase the accolades. Mm -hmm. There was a reason. It was protecting me. It was helping me to ensure that my daughter, at the time, I didn't know it was a daughter when I was first pregnant, but that my daughter didn't grow up in poverty and homelessness like I did. So it showed up for a reason. I'm where I am today because it showed up. So I actually said, I actually wrote a a letter to it and said, thank you. But at the end of the letter, I said, you know, but I no longer need you. And you will no longer dictate my life. So once you can pinpoint it, show it, show it some compassion and gratitude. I love that. What came up for me just now is like the word acceptance and how that's so much of whatever type of work you're doing. And I just don't think we talk about it enough, but I know how powerful it is as a tool is that gratitude, that acceptance. And I just think about that phrase a lot of accept and then act. And like, it's when we're in a place of resistance or we're fighting against something it's nearly impossible to change. But when we can just accept and find the gratitude, find the good in what it is there to teach us and show us, it's amazing how quickly we can actually move through things. It is. It is. like, And once I made a decision to be grateful and and to release it and say, hey, I don't need you anymore. Not that it doesn't show its ugly head. It does, right? You don't don't just write a letter and it goes away, right? (laughs) That would be a lot. But you know, that's the beginning of my work. But I adopted the model, either you learn or you win. So mm. if, I, if it rears its ugly head, I'm like, okay, what did I learn from this? Mm. So that's my constant work. Mm-hmm. What did I learn from this? Okay, so I changed my price when I sell conversation because if they rejected me, I would feel unworthy. What did I really learn? Right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's a constant, I think it's, a, it's something I'm going to be working on for the rest of my life, but it doesn't negatively impact me anymore. I have no desire to go for any other accolades. Now, mm-hmm. if I do win something, I, yay, but it's not like, oh, I have to, like I have to, because otherwise I don't mean, otherwise I'm unworthy. Yep. I have no desire to underprice. I have no desire to make my financial accomplishments equate to my worth. I don't have it anymore. Now, am I proud of my financial accomplishments? Sure. But it doesn't dictate what I'm doing or how I feel about myself anymore. Yeah. Well, because it's such a different energy when we show up in that place of like feeling like we have to prove something, right? I think most of us know what that feels like if we've done work around it and, you know, it doesn't mean it's not going to pop up, but we can just feel that different shift in energy of like, oh, I feel myself trying to prove something or I'm trying to impress someone or then it's going back and figuring out what the tools are to help you navigate that and just catching it faster and not making yourself wrong in that process of having human moments. 
Exactly. Don't make yourself wrong. Like I'm such a big, I'm big on meditation. Mm -hmm. And the thing that meditation taught me is exactly what you just said, Carrie, you notice there's something going on that you don't, you know, you're, you're overthinking something or you're feeling something. That's not the time to beat yourself up. Have compassion for yourself. Acknowledge that you're human and course correct. Exactly. And, you know, I find it's so fascinating almost when we zoom out and take a really bird's eye view of, of the way that so many high achieving women treat themselves that they would never, ever, ever treat anyone else in their life that way. Like they would never talk to a client the way they speak to themselves, or they would never have the same expectations. And so I almost like to look at it and be like, why are you the exception? Like, why do you not get the same level of grace and compassion that you extend to other people? Like, are you not worthy of that? Facts. You got to look at society, right? Mm -hmm. Society says to women, you should put everybody else before you in your career, your husband, your partner, your children, right? Everybody Mm -hmm. should come before you. Go online and scream onto the rooftop about how your son just did wellness at soccer. Go online and, and brag about the, the promotion that your partner just got. But be quiet about what you just did because that's bragging. That's not humble. Yep. Did you actually spend time away from your children? You had a girl's night? What kind of mother are you? Those are the constant messages that we get as women. So we begin to internalize it. We begin to internalize those messages and we take those voices on as our own. Because especially for those of us coming out of corporate or in corporate right now, we Mm -hmm. don't know what our own voices sound like. It's true. It's really true. And that's why... You know, I think a a lot of people can look at the online space, particularly the online coaching space and be really negative about it. And I, of course I have moments, but in general, I have nothing bad to say about it because if we can have this conversation and look at it through the lens of like, we all need help and support around changing these narratives. And it's so empowering and exciting to me, the more people that are conscious and doing this work in the world, like, why would we not want that? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you hear so many negative things about the culture industry, but there's no industry that's hundred percent positive. But the reality is those of us out here actually wanting to help with our clients' transformations, we're doing great work. We're doing great work. I mean, the things I hear from my clients, the referrals I get from my clients lets me know that Mm -hmm. I'm doing good work and I am going to continue to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and then when it's coming from that place of service, like, of course you will, because you know that your heart is in that place to serve people. And when you get referrals, when you hear the transformations and you watch and you're a part of the transformation, it's not even just hearing about it. Like you're there for it. Right. Period. Period. I'm seeing it. I'm a part of it. Mm -hmm. Like this is going to be my life's work. I'm helping other women scale their businesses without the hustle and grind. I'm helping them to to spend more time with their families. I'm helping them to actually become okay with spending time away from their families. Yeah. (laughs) And being okay. And so, you know what? I'm still a good mom, but I spent the weekend in a hotel on business development. That didn't make me a bad partner. 
that'll make me a bad mom. And I'm a, I'm just, I, I feel fulfilled. I'm helping women really step into their fulfillment. It's not mm. just about making the money and scaling your business because that's good. But are you doing it the same way you did corporate? Yeah. Which is the danger, right? And so many people are. And when you wake up to that fact, it's, it's like, Oh, wait a minute. I need to pause here. This is not why I started my own business, but too many people are recreating that unconsciously. And then they wake up one day and they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm just as busy as I was in my corporate job. Yes. Like I remember I put out, uh, what did I put out? What was it called? What was the question? I think I said something to the effect of if you could work three to five hours a day in your business, make an impact and meet your revenue goals, what would your life be like? And I posed this in a woman entrepreneur group. And it was so surprising to see the number of people that was like, oh my gosh, I don't, I, I would never do that. I, I'm, I'm at an eight hour workday and this is where I'm going to be. Why? Yeah. Newsflash, ladies, we didn't create the eight-hour workday. Men did, and we are just accepting it. If you look at the history, women, we didn't make any of these decisions. Right. Right? So we come out here, and we, and we come from corporate, and then we structure our businesses the way men told us to structure it. And then we just we just do that. And the thing that I had to learn, because I was doing the same thing, is that it wasn't serving me. It wasn't serving my family. I was so focused on making an impact in the world. Because mm. that, you know, that imposter syndrome, that's how it shows up, right? So that people could tell me how good I am. I was yeah. so focused on making an impact in the world that I was neglecting my family. Mm. I was neglecting self-care, right? All mm. in the name of having a business structure that was never meant for me. Yeah, and it's such a magical place when you can really be aligned with what you want and not needing to prove anything to anyone Mm -mm, at all. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful Uh, thing. Like I, I wouldn't change it for the world. So is there one tip or idea you would give to someone who's like really caught in the weeds of imposter syndrome of what they could do maybe this week? to start to change that story? The thing I would suggest is when you feel it, when you feel it coming up, because you feel it, you don't feel worthy. You feel like you got to get that next certification. You feel like, right. All the stuff that we feel when we have imposter syndrome, I want you to sit with it because what we typically do is we try to fight it. We try to push it down. Like, Oh no, sit down. Mm. And ask yourself why five times. Mm. Why is this coming up? Why does that matter? Why does that matter? Why does that matter? Because when you ask yourself those layered whys, you get Mm. to the core of it. You begin to Mm. tell yourself the stories like, you know, why? Because my mother didn't believe in me or why? Because all the stuff starts to come up. And now you can start having those conversations with mama, or now you can start to do what you need to do to overcome it. Mm. So I would say, sit with it and ask yourself why five times. And don't get yourself- I love that. Yeah. 
It is so true because the, the thing is, especially as people like coaches or service providers, we want to fix as much as we love to say like, no, 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 that's not what we, no, we do. Yep. Like <laughs> we absolutely do. And so I think that's just a lovely piece of advice because we, we all need to do that more. I mean, myself included, like really sit with things and feel them and not try to run or put band-aids on them. Exactly. And honestly, meditation taught me that. And I'm, I've never been like a woo type person, but I started doing meditation about a couple years ago. And that's when I started to become, to realize how reactive I am. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized that I didn't have any self-compassion going back to something you said about why do we beat ourselves up when we don't do it to other people. It took meditation for me to realize, oh, I don't talk to my partner like that. I don't speak to my children like that. I definitely don't speak to my clients like that. So why me? Yep. It took that. So, you know, once you really get to the root of it, you have to find modalities, whether it's journaling, whether it's walking, whether it's therapy, whether it's meditation, that really helps you do the work. Because you can identify it. That's like an alcoholic saying, I'm an alcoholic and saying, I know it, but I'm going to keep drinking. Totally. <laughs> no, right. Knowing it and identifying it and realizing it's a problem is step one. Love that. Yeah. So good. So tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to. Yes. So you can find me at thedeterminedfempreneur.com or you can find me on Clubhouse and IG at Dr. Naima and Dr. is DR. So at Dr. Naima, feel free to slide into my DMs. I do a Clubhouse talk every Tuesday and Wednesday mornings between 8 and 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So feel free. I talk all things scaling and making money in business because I am a big believer in women need to normalize making and talking about money in their businesses. And I will give you the stats on that, but that's a total another conversation. So I would love to connect with you guys there. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. This was so good. Thank you, Kara. Thank you for having me. I I realize this is a platform that you've cultivated and I appreciate you allowing me on it. So I'm Danielle Ralston, also known as the Rockstar CEO Online. I am the how coach behind your business. I teach you how to get all the crap done so that you can actually make money quickly. I specifically work with ADHD entrepreneurs who can never get to the how. So that's where I really focus. I do work with non-ADHD business owners as well. I also own and am the CEO of a digital marketing agency and we have won quite a few awards even though we're quite small, we're only 14 women all working to help you get visible. So talk to us about imposter syndrome and if that's shown up in your business at any points or like how you have found yourself navigating that one. So everybody feels imposter syndrome, especially as a woman. I have male clients that I coach and I work with too, and very few of them have the same issue, but they're taught to be mega competitive from an early age. We teach our little boys to don't take that, go get that, go do that. And we don't teach our girls that. It comes back to all that STEM stuff that we aren't teaching our young girls. Now, I'm a mom of a boy, so I have a very forceful child, independent (laughs) child. But I say child, but I think he's like 6'4". Huge (laughs) now. Um, But having that being taught that you should be like, and you need to be like, 
and you need to look like and that Susie Homemaker Stepford wife. So I'm hopefully I'm everybody understands what a Stepford wife is. It's literally a robot to be like everybody else. We're taught to to be like everybody else. And when you can't obtain that, imposter syndrome creeps in fast. And I don't care what you're doing as a business owner. I'm the rock star. I am the best at what I do. I know that. But even for me, that comes in. I look at Carrie Green and Jenna Kutcher and, 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 and there's a million other women out there that we can look at in our space and go, oh, I want to be that. Oh, I want to be earning that. Oh, I wish I could have that. Oh, look at that influencer thing that she just got. That's so amazing. I wish I could be on a beach in Hawaii doing, taking pictures for some brands. You know, you look at those and it's super easy to try to want to be that. I mean, Cosmopolitan, who doesn't want to look like one of the models in Cosmopolitan or have the house, the Kardashian house or the look or the makeup or the whatever. And we're ta- we're conditioned to that as women mm-hmm. from day one, pretty much. I mean, again, we're conditioning our children way early on that. And it takes a long time to undo that. So one of the biggest things I do to overcome that as I sit and look down, what am I passionate about? What am I good at? Mm. Toot your own horn and put yourself in a mind space to do that. And one of the biggest things, and this works for every client I've ever tried, is set yourself a timer that ticks. Don't use a digital timer. Get yourself one of those really annoying, ticky, tinny, horrible sounding kitchen timers. And if you're in a mind space of bad imposter syndrome, comparisonitis, whatever, set yourself a timer to purposely tell yourself affirmations, why you're so damn good at what you do, and start writing them down. Mm. I encourage everybody to physically write this out because then you're going to look at that and you're going to tell, go through each of those things on the list and tell yourself why you're good at that. Why am I better at that than anybody else? What makes me amazing at that? Takes about 10 minutes every time. Snap you out of it. Yeah, I love that. I did a course where we had to do badass lists and I've had plenty of clients. That's exactly what that is. Same thing. And it's so powerful of like how fast you can make those shifts. Like you're saying, like, yeah, you're probably, if you get into the, like over the hump of the first one, usually it's that like first one that you have to start doing. Right. And then once you're there, you're like, okay, actually I'm pretty badass. Look at all these things I did. And they were all in the last week or last year, you know, like it doesn't even go the scope of what you've done. It's why it's so important to be on the, when you look at some of those planners and journals and stuff, they've got a gratitude for the day. What are you grateful for today? What are you celebrating? What did you succeed at today? What did you succeed at this week? What are you celebrating? And I tell my female clients specifically, whenever you accomplish anything, I want you to celebrate that. That doesn't mean a bottle of champagne. It doesn't mean a spa trip. Stop and celebrate that you freaking just did that. 100%. I'm huge on celebration. Like, Go sit on your back deck and have a cup of coffee with no electronics. Go shut yourself in a closet and eat a candy bar if you're hiding from your children. Whatever it (laughs) is, celebrate it. Because when we get in that celebration mindset that imposter syndrome creeps in less and less and less. Of course, the first time when I go through some of this, it usually takes me four or five sessions of walking through this with somebody when they're first starting to try to get beyond this. But 
it's writing that badass list over and over and over and over until you know, oh yeah, I'm a badass. I don't even have to worry about that now. And people laugh at me when I say, I'm a badass and a rock star. You can't talk me out of anything because I know I'm damn good at this. And they're like, well, that's a bad attitude to have. No, it's not. Why? (laughs) Women are conditioned to, if you tell people you're amazing at something, that's a bad thing. No, it's not. It's It's also why I'm fully booked as a coach in my business and my digital marketing agency is fully booked because I damn well know I'm good at what I do. Yeah. Other people start believing you. If you believe it, other people believe it. Well, it's that whole energy that we give off. Right. And like, exactly. That's why, I I mean, that's why I love the celebration energy. I'm always like, like a client has something happen. I'm like, how are we celebrating? What's happening? Exactly. Because that's how we create more of it. And we know from that momentum, like we just attract more goodness into our lives. Absolutely. Getting rid of the toxicity and replacing it with positivity. That's all that is. Success versus not. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting what you said, I think is very true. Like we're so conditioned to not be too shiny. We're afraid of being too shiny. We've potentially been shamed for being too shiny in the past. And that's how a lot of women get so down on themselves and their confidence is so low because whether it's coming from a man or society or wherever of like, you can't look that way. Or oftentimes it's coming from another female in a situation that's like, we don't do that. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. And I love just being around other women that are clearly empowering other people because we need more of that. Yeah, there is absolutely not enough of that women don't allow themselves that space. Yeah. And what I love about it too, is like when we give ourselves permission and then by association, we're giving clients, friends, people in our lives permission. Like it's that ripple effect of, of people are just attracted to that. And then they're going, Oh, I can actually be that way too. Like if it's possible for her, then it must be possible for me. Exactly. There is nothing and no reason why you can't have the attitude that I have about everything. Because when you allow yourself that space to be there, you only see success in your business. You only see success in your personal life. Believe me, I wasn't always here. I've been married almost 30 years and it took me almost 15 years into my marriage to be able to be in this space. And when I did that, my marriage got better. My business got super successful. Mm. I've sold businesses because of my attitude and been able to make mega profit. And now I can work in my passion and not work for the next paycheck. All of those things come when you stand in your own power. Yes. And I love how, I mean, I think we've all been there at some point, but like I'll get clients all the time that are just of the belief of like, it can't be that simple. And I'm like, it can, let's just, let's just try. Exactly. I mean, it all comes. So I'm a project manager and it all comes to systems and strategy. When you have a strategy for empowerment, that's it. You just need a strategy and it's not a long checklist. And I'll tell a VA starting a business and they're like, well, I need to do, I got all of these things I need to do and I need to do this. this." No, you don't. I can get you making money in two 30 minute sessions. Guarantee it every single time. Well, no, you can't because we have to do. No, 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 you don't. It's a simple checklist. One, two, three, four, five. There are five steps to every business to get started and be moving. Period. End of story. Move. Habit, success strategy, abundance mindset. There are five steps to that. It's very easy. That's it. 
Yeah. And remembering that and believing that, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the work for so much of us because I mean, life was the same way, right? Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Believe, like life is so complicated and hard and all these things that I'm like, if we think it is, otherwise, if we think it's easy, it gets to be easy, but it just triggers a lot of people, right? Like, because we are addicted to the struggle and we're addicted to the drama. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So how would you advise somebody who's like really caught in the imposter syndrome? Do you come back to abundance mindset? Or come back to abundance mindset in that badass list. The badass list and abundance mindset, those two, and that's one of your five steps to getting over all of that is abundance and badass. What are you a badass at? Celebrating what you're a badass at. That's number three. So I've just told you three steps to getting to that powerful place. Yeah, it's not hard. It. Yeah. It's so interesting, right? Looking back, and I'm sure you've had these moments. I know I certainly have where I used to be that person. If I were like eavesdropping on this conversation, I would be like, must be nice for you, Danielle. Must be nice for you, Carrie. Because I didn't believe it was possible for me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And when I come across, I mean, obviously I'm a coach. This is what I do. So I come across it all the time. I'm sure you do as well. And one of the first things that I do is I'll create their badass list for them. Hmm. I'll ask them questions. So oh, what do you love to do? What's something you love to do as a child? What to, and, and walk them through that. And it doesn't take me long to be able to create a very basic badass list. You're a badass at this. Why are we having our, this is, and once they can see and somebody else can show them that they're good at it, they can start seeing it in themselves. Yeah. Just that reflection piece is so powerful. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything comes back to you. So I have a phrase that I use because I'm a planning strategist. So plan your plan to better evaluate your plan, to better prioritize your plan so your plan is well planned. That has six plans in it. The sixth one is telling you you have a perfect plan. So there are five (laughs) steps to planning. And that comes in when you're trying to help somebody get out of that toxicity and out of that lack mindset. There are five steps to that for me to show you where you can be and how you can get there. That five-step process and everybody's like, well, no, there's a more than that. It's a whole lot more. I've had mindset coaches and I insert a major eye roll when I say that because I don't agree with a lot of how the coaching industry handles mindset because there's a lot of toxic positivity out there that goes with all of that. And it's very detrimental to a lot of people, which is why women have an even harder time in our space getting beyond that. But it really comes down showing you in five simple things where you are amazing at what you do and why you can move beyond that and how to get beyond that and giving you the how piece. It's not just showing you, it's giving you the how steps of getting beyond that. And there's the who, what, where, when, why, and how of everything in life comes back to that who, what, where, when, why, and how. And when you can start picking that who, what, where, when, why, and how, and putting those into your daily life, your affirmations, your mindset, abundance is easy to come by when you get to that point. Yeah. So good. So powerful and true. Like so true. And it's always available, right? Like, which is the great part. I mean, it's simple. Who, what, where, when, why, how? Once you define the five W's in there, that how is the perfect part. Yeah. Same thing with planning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. 
So when in your business or I don't know, other people that you've coached as well, have you seen being paralyzed in fear and not being able to take step forward show up? Oh my gosh. So I have owned 10 businesses. My first four businesses crashed and burned in epic ways. My fourth business was the most epic. It put my family in $30,000 worth of debt because I was always trying to be like, be like somebody else, be like Marie Falero. I was trying to mimic somebody else. I wasn't standing in my own unapologetic messaging. I was always trying to be somebody else. And I failed every single time I tried that. Business number six, somebody hired me to help them with their business. And we lost a $12 million client. So he brought me in as a co-founder. We started this IT business. We lost a $12 million contract because of my lack attitude. Mm. And I was the reason why we lost that. That was a huge wake-up call for me. And the person that I started this business with was my husband's best friend. And he's like, we need to do something about this because your attitude is shit. And it took a guy, an Asperger's guy who they have no filter to tell me my attitude was shit. And he goes, find somebody to help you. <laughs> shit. And we hired me a coach. I have terrible attitude about coaching way back then. And this was 20 years ago. So this was a long time ago. Terrible attitude about coaching. And they walked me through these five steps. For six weeks, they walked me through these five steps every single session. And at week six, something just clicked. In week eight, we landed a $50 million contract. Nice. At week 10, we won a $12 million contract. At week 20 of going through, I worked with that coach for two years. At the end of that two years, he handed me off to another coach to help me coach us through selling the business. We sold the business for $14.5 million. So what was the thing that clicked? Or can you describe it? Abundance mindset. It was available to me. I just had to freaking work on it and access it because I'm damn good at what I do. And how do I always have this attitude? Every morning I work through my five steps. Every morning. It's part of my morning routine. What am I grateful for? What am I good at? What am I going to accomplish today? Not that long list of 500 things that you never get done. And those of you that can see us and are seeing us, I have post-it notes on a board. I have get to, I gotta do today. And my gotta do today is five items. I have five things I will accomplish today. I may be up till 2 a.m. some days because we all know how those days go. I even have those days, but I will get those five items done because I will be accomplished at something today. I tell clients to have one thing a day, get one thing done and do it well. That's it. If you are a mom, If you are a mom with homeschooling or remote schooling children, pick a half a thing a day right now. (laughs) Seriously. Because give yourself grace right now. You cannot be superwoman and do all of things. The fact that we even think we have to be superwomen is a problem. Yeah. Because we don't. Agreed. Yeah. Feed your kids goldfish and cheese slices for lunch or dinner is fine. Who cares? They've gotten some nutrition in there. And if they didn't, they filled their bellies and they're happy. Who cares? Stop trying Uh to be a Pinterest perfect mom, a Pinterest perfect wife, a Pinterest perfect business owner, Mm. because there is no such thing as freaking Pinterest perfect. Yeah. 
You know, it's just so funny. I talk a lot about the duality of life. And I think that it's just become so much more apparent to me of like, for one, being relatable online. I think, you know, especially now after the year we've had, like no one wants to see a shiny Instagram feed. Nobody wants to see perfection anymore because we just know it's not true and we can't relate Mm -hmm. to it. But I just want to like give voice always to like, you can be a hot mess one day and still make a shit ton of money. And like, nothing's wrong. Like you're just having a human experience. Absolutely. Be yourself and don't, don't be authentic. Get rid of the word authentic out of your language because that is such a IG worthy, worthy authenticity <laughs> feed. And again, for those that can't see me, I'm rolling my eyes because all of that is bullshit. If your Instagram feed is perfectly curated and everything always looks the same, unless you are a makeup brand, you don't belong doing that. And let me tell you, I have, I can't tell you exactly who the client is. I have a internationally known makeup brand I'm working with, they hired a series of digital marketing agencies to help them look less authentic. Well, because that's the trend now, right? Because we just know we can't relate to that. We can't relate to it. I don't want to relate to that. You are not worth my time and effort. If you can't be yourself, then I don't have the time for you to talk to you. Because, or like your pictures or comment on a feed. I just, I don't care. I mean, I have a pretty office from my shoulders up. If you want to look at the floor, we have, we'll have a different, and I will show that. I've shown that. I've got, I've only lived in this house since December. I'm still moving in. It's going to take me freaking forever. And that's life. And I have, I do cooking videos and my kitchen has industrial shelving from Home Depot in it right now because we moved in and the cabinets sucked and I put shelves up because, and I don't care. Not caring what other people think is a big part of getting to that abundance mindset. Mm -hmm. So how would you advise someone or coach someone that's like, all right, these things all sound great, but I still am really struggling to put myself out there online. I'm feeling all this massive fear and I'm so afraid of what everyone's going to think of me if I show up online. So one of the biggest things I always say is if you don't have the confidence in the abundance mindset yourself, hire somebody else to give it to you. You can hire your confidence for a short period of time. That won't work long term, but you can hire your confidence short time. Again, I walk through five steps and I can show you why you're good at what you do, how to do it better, how to increase, how to be successful, how to do all of that. And once you get to that point and somebody else can show you the mechanics behind it, because it's not just the surfacey stuff. You've got to see the mechanics behind it to really, truly understand it. Once you start seeing that, that's really all you need. However, you have to want to see that. Yeah. I mean, I think I just said this on a sales call today and she was like, yeah, I'm not really sure if I'm committed. And I was like, okay, so you're being honest, but it's the truth that all of us have to come to. It's like, are you that like age old question? Are you interested? Or are you Mm -hmm. committed? Exactly. And I say this because ADHD brains have a lack of dopamine in them. So you have to create the dopamine. Everybody needs to create their dopamine and their good feeling hormones and their proteins in their brain. Everybody does. I don't care whether you're ADHD or not or neurotypical or whatever you want to call it. You have to create those good things in your brain. If you are addicted to the drama and the toxicity, 
your brain is addicted to those the hormones and the triggers and the chemical balance of that you have to just like a drug addict or an alcoholic when you can't send them to rehab if they're not ready to make that change and get rid of that that bad you have to want to make that change don't hire a coach to make the change for you because unless you're willing to take those steps every coaching relationship i have ever seen for anybody i've ever worked with i work with other coaches as their coach Every time they have a failure with a client, it's because the client isn't willing to make those changes. Yep. I don't care how experienced the coach is, how bad they are, how toxic they are. There are a lot of toxic coaches in our space, unfortunately. I mean, but every space has that. You have bad car salesmen too. Every space, no matter what the industry is, has that bad. But if you, even if you work with one of those really terrible toxic coaches, if you're open to what they have to say, you're still going to get something out of that. Absolutely. I mean, that's every why... bra- bad relationship brings you something good. Yeah. Every bad relationship, abusive, horrible, destructive, everything. Before somebody comes at me for that, because I've said this before, and somebody will come at me for that. You are talking to a woman who was beaten and raped. I've been raped three times, three different people, sexually abused, all of that. And I could tell you, I would not be who I am today without those things. Yeah. Well, it's all the lessons and what we do with it. Right. Just exactly. Like, I mean, and that's the abundance mindset and the growth mindset of it. Right. Versus exactly. like, I'm a, I'm a victim to my circumstance and I have no control. Yeah. You always have control if you take it. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't mean it'll be pretty. Holy crap. No. It's not going to be pretty, but it will be once you get to the end. Yeah. So tell us where we can find you, what you're up to, all of the good stuff. So you can find me at the rockstarceo.com. That's the easiest place to find me. You can also find me. I have a community that I just started for ADHD women. It's called neurodivergentbossgirls.com. We are a community about accountability growth mindset. We do accountability calls three days a week. We also do work sprints. So I will get on a call. ADHD people have a hard time getting shit done. So we literally get on a Zoom call and we help each other get shit done. I have a parenting coach that's on the call with me. I have a budgeting person who is an amazing at organizing money and creating space to pay things off. She has paid off $80,000 worth of debt in a year and a half on a very small income. I have another accountability coach who works with ADHD entrepreneurs to get their tasks done every day and things. I am an abundance coach and a business coach. I help you. And I also own a marketing agency. I have a marketing degree. I'll help you with your marketing. Yesterday, I worked, somebody shared their screen on one of our calls and we helped her use Canva to create some headers for a Facebook group and for an ad. We help each other through every single step so that we get crap done. So that's Neurodivergent Boss Girls, the Rockstar CEO, and I'm Danielle, your Rockstar CEO. Thank you so much for listening to the Set Yourself Free podcast. It is such an honor to be in your ears every single week. Make sure that you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. Will you also do me a quick favor and go leave us a review and rating? This will help more people to easily find this free show. If you'd like to talk about the number one mindset shift that you can make in your unique business to start making more money and impact, I would love nothing more than to help you. So go head on over to my website at setyourselffree, 
www.ebbyllc.com and book a free 30-minute discovery call. I would love to get some fresh eyes on your business and talk about how you can start making more money and an impact right now. So thanks again for being here and cannot wait to see you next week.